Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. It is purpose. We've decided. You said, man, I didn't decide that, Pastor Matt. Well, I told you about it. I think it is. Your greatest purpose is to serve. Your greatest purpose is to serve God. And when you serve God, all these other aspects and facets of serving come into play. Many folks say, well, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm called to do that. They have a gift of serving. No? No? Sir, you look in Scripture, serving is not a gift. Serving is a decision. You choose to serve or not. There are different gifts of the Spirit. There are different fruits of the Spirit. But everyone is called to serve. Someone say, I am called to serve. Say this, in some way. Yeah, and that's between you and God. I will never force anyone, but I will... I pray lead people to conviction to where they feel like, man, I, wow, I really need to be served, and I don't know what I've been waiting for. So your greatest purpose, we believe, according to Scripture, is serving, and it's circular. How so? Well, because your greatest purpose is serving. You start to serve, and then you begin to find more and more of this. Let's go to point number one this morning. It's your greatest purpose, but you can find much of your purpose in actually serving. You say, well, I don't know the specifics of my purpose. Start to serve. I was telling two of the young ladies today that showed up to serve, I think, for the first time. And I told the two young ladies, I said, man, it's so cool about serving is you get to meet people. And you may be an introvert, but did you know introverts are very gifted with people? Introverts have, they do have the gift, I believe, of one-on-one. They're attentive, they're focused, they can hone in with laser-like focus and listen to the person. I believe um, introverts can be very good listeners. Extroverts, we have our strengths, but extroverts, you kind of got to saddle us sometimes, got to kind of hold us down because we're ready, we're talking to everybody and we're the life of the party, but introverts have a gift of one-on-one, all right? So serving is for introverts and extroverts. You can meet people, you can find more and more of your purpose. Did you know that God just doesn't lay your purpose on the table all the time and say, here's everything, this is going to be all of it? He wants you to seek Him so He can develop and unfurl and unroll His purpose. You know, like a rug that's being rolled or a carpet is rolled open, you can start to see God's plan as you serve Him and see more and more of the specifics of His plan. So serving gives more and more purpose. Someone say purpose. Let's go to John 12, 26. Look at this. Jesus, this is the words of Jesus. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. Isn't that powerful? Must be where Jesus is. So if Jesus did it, you're not above it. Are you with me? Going to church, serving, all right, forgiving. I've had, I had a guy tell me years ago, and bless his heart, he'd been in the military. And I think there were some things that happened. I don't know what all happened, but he blamed himself, I believe. I got parts, bits and parts of the story. He blamed himself for some innocent children being killed. I don't know if it was Iraq or Afghanistan. He didn't do it, but he was part of the situation. And he used to tell me that he couldn't forgive himself, and he felt like God couldn't forgive him. And he would never listen to me about it. Can you imagine God's not big enough to forgive you? God's not big enough to forgive you. You're not above forgiving, but hey, that's because God's standard is to forgive. Did you know part of finding your purpose is going, my purpose is to forgive and not be bitter? 
Did you know you were not created to be bitter? You were not created to be angry and hold a grudge and be, man, a madman praying that God just, man, God, you. People pray some crazy prayers. I've heard of people praying prayers about God sending people to hell and all kinds of crazy stuff. All that's up to God. People choose God, reject Jesus or not. You let the chips fall where they may, but you have got to worry about you. I had a friend years ago, he used to tell us, right? I'd mess with him and say, what are you going to eat? And I'd be in his business. He'd say, hey, Holmes, you worry about yourself. That's good wisdom. It's street wisdom. You deal, hey, you, Scripture says you've got you to gotta be concerned with other people's lives and help them and carry, help carry burdens and loads and different stuff. But when it all comes down to, to, to the, man, one day you're going to stand before God all by yourself. I'm not going to stand with my mom and go, Man, Lord, Mom's been in heaven a while. She, she did good, so can I come in and rejoice And because Mom did so good and Dad did great. He was a man of God, and God says, no. I want, God says, I want to be able to tell you, well done, you good and faithful servant, directly. God doesn't go, let's give the Lord a clap offering. Go ahead. Can you imagine, can you imagine God said, well, I'm going, to let Matt, I'm going to let Matt into heaven. He's a man of God by default because, you know, his parents serve God, and, you know, it's just kind of like a family business. It's not. I get to choose. I got to choose. God gave me hints of my purpose very, very young because he knows I needed it. I am naturally, I think I'm just naturally quirky. I'm probably naturally in my weakness a little wishy-washy because of my personality. At the age of four, I told my parents, around the time my brother was born, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a preacher. Age of four. I said, man, I want to I I be a missionary. I want to be a preacher. I want to travel, and I want to preach. And then I, you guys have heard the story. I said, I'm going to play the piano, too. I want to be a traveling evangelist that plays the piano, a traveling missionary that plays the piano. One piano lesson. I remember I renegotiated with Mom and Dad. I said, I'm not going to learn piano. She couldn't teach me in one day, so I'm going to just be a plain old. I told him, I still remember as a little boy, I looked up at Mom and Dad and said, I'm going to be a plain old evangelist. Plain old now I get to be a plain, semi-young pastor, right? Purpose. Purpose drives you. Purpose gets you out of the bed in the morning. It does. Serving is our greatest purpose, but serving reveals, once again, i got to say this again, it reveals different aspects of your purpose as well. It brings clarity for the likes, dislikes, abilities. You may serve and go, man, man I don't even like kids, <laughs> you know? Some people are like that. I remember when God called me to the youth group to be youth pastor in 2000. The very first service I ever preached up here was January 24, 2000. I preached it to an adult service, a night, a Sunday night service, January 24, 2000. And I came and sat down, and they'd been looking for a youth pastor, and it was crazy. I was so out of the loop. Mom and dad would be sitting and talking at the table going, we need a, a youth pastor who can re relate to Hispanics and Anglos and other cultures. They need to be bilingual. I'm like, man, I'm going to be praying for y'all. That's great. Yep, they need to be bilingual. You know, and I remember in the table just looking at them, they're going, yeah, you know, someone who can relate to different cultures, someone who's good with kids and good with people. I was like, man, praise God. Y'all's youth pastor's on the way. I'm in agreement. I was working at a finance company at that time. And then I remember I preached. Man, I didn't even, this is my testimony. It's similar to other people's. But, man, I didn't even like 
teenagers at that point. And getting into my mid-20s, I didn't even like teenagers. I'd had a rough time, a rough go in the youth group. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, I don't even like teenagers. And sure enough, I preached, and I, I told Mom, I said, Mom, I think I'm called to be the youth pastor. And she went, really? Like, it even caught her off guard. And then you tell Dad, and Dad's, Dad's thing is, wait, you said it. God spoke to you, so I didn't call you to that. Dad said, I just told you to make a bunch of money and tithe and give to God's kingdom. Dad always let us say it. He, he never forced us into the ministry, ever. But in finding purpose, you know what I found? Rest for my soul. A true soul's delight in God to say, man, I was created for this. I don't have all the, man, all the talent that I think I need for it. But God says, here's what he said in his word, my people will never be ashamed. Part of that is because his people learn to humble themselves. You know, proud people always get humiliated. Always. Man, he embarrassed me. You embarrassed me. I'm not embarrassed. I may have blushed, but it's because I'm laughing at you. Right? Or I'm laughing at me. I laugh at myself a lot. The Lord said, my people will never be ashamed. I had this hang-up. That's an old school thing we used to say, a hang-up. My mom used to say, hang-up. I said, I had this hang-up. I was like, I was getting caught halfway down on something and that was I thought God was going to make me do something that would embarrass me and humiliate me because I had tried speaking in front of people before I remember in high school in 10th grade man I almost cried <laughs> I feel like my mouth was doing strange things I didn't know if it was talking or not I was I was supposed to be talking about myself in 10th grade English class I had a collage man I was scared to death up there I thought Lord if I, if I never speak in front of people again it will be too soon but God said, no, I'm called you to do this. You have these gifts, but you don't know much. And here I was. I thought, well, I'm called now. Now I know a lot of stuff. Oh, man, I've gotten to die a thousand deaths as I've found my purpose in God. So many things don't matter anymore. But all of you mean the world to me. And what I do means the world to me. Why? Because it means the world to God. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, what? For God so loved the world. Scripture says, for God so loved the world. So I got to love what he loves, and I love what I do, and that's why I'm still here, praise God. And if Jesus doesn't return one day in our lifetime, then I'll still be doing something relating to this, and that's serving, because it's my greatest purpose, just like it's yours, is serving and serving. Let, let's go back to that verse, John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Is that beautiful? So you want to receive honor from God? Serve. So we went over this last week, so this was a review. Let's go on to value now. Serving gives value to you and others. You see the value in others when you begin to serve them. You see the value in yourself when you begin to see that you're an important part of the team. Did you know the many times I've picked up trash on this property, I never for one second thought I'm above this because I'm a valuable part of the team. And if Jesus can wash feet, I can pick up trash. If Jesus can wash feet, I can, I can fish toilet paper out of the toilet once in a while. But anyway, that's gross, isn't it? <laughs> Had to do some weird stuff. That, that caught you off guard, sis. All right. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. There, that one was free. It wasn't planned. 
No, really? He said, no, I'm, I'm above this. I remember one guy years ago, he was a man of God, but he said, oh, now, and I'm glad my dad didn't hear him. Y'all maybe heard me say this a month or two ago. I'm glad my dad never heard him, but he said, now that I'm a man of God, I don't ever have to get my hands dirty. He said, I don't even have to work. What do you mean you don't have to work? No, we got to serve always. Someone say serve. Uh-huh. Jesus talked about working and serving, working and serving. So when you serve, you find value, greater value in yourself and greater value in others. Right now, the worship team, they're doing a fine job together. They're finding great value in themselves and others as being part of a team. And they bring something of value in helping us to worship God on Sundays, right? That's powerful. Value. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.9. Look at this. For we are both, we are all, I'm going to say this is the Matt translation of this, we are all God's workers. Someone say we're all God's workers. There's a certain context here, but we are. You are God's field, and you are God's building. You must be important to God. If you're God's field, he plants in the field, and you bring a harvest. You bringing a harvest, part of that is serving. Someone say serving. We are all God's workers. Jesus served. Why wouldn't we? Let's go to Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. For you have been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You ever seen believers do that? I have. Remember one believer years ago, I think he was in Noe's Bible study group where he would, he wasn't in his group, but he showed up a couple times. He told, I guess he was feeling real free in God. He told Noe and them, I remember they talked to me about it, Barry and Noe. This guy said, oh yeah, scripture says you can just sleep around with people. Do y'all remember that story? You don't remember that? It wasn't exactly like that, but it, that's what he was saying. And I'll remind you because I remember his name. I'll give you the date, too. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, won't, I won't give you the date. That's a <laughs> I won't give you the date. So I, I think it's Vivian over there that remembers dates. So I understand. I understand. I like dates. They're important to me. I need to know the date. So. But this guy, look, he, he find, found some freedom in God, and he said, oh, yeah, you can. I, what I read is you just, you're free to do whatever you want, basically. You just sleep around. That's not what Scripture says, bro. Scripture says you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Anyone with common sense knows what sinful nature is. Some, say, some folks say they don't know the difference between right and wrong. Most people actually have a clue of what's right and wrong. Not all the details, but they know it feels wrong. Instead, use your what? Freedom to do what? Serve one another in love. Use the freedom God has given you. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Right? You will know the truth, and it will set you free. You are free to serve. Someone say, I'm free to serve now. Uh-huh. Free to serve. Look at this. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, I love people, but I ain't serving anybody. I'm busy. No. Nope. You got to have boundaries. You can't serve constantly. You can't say yes to everyone, but everyone should serve in some capacity. Someone say, in some way. Go ahead. Say it again. Say, serve in some way. You have to. Did you know serving will pull you out of depression? It'll really help there. I'm telling you. It will pull you out of depression better than antidepressants. Starting to get involved, being around people. And part of serving is you find out that other people have problems that are bigger than yours. There's a lot of folks that got problems that are bigger than yours. Are y'all remembering yet? 
You yeah, you now you remember. Uh huh. I thought so. And don't make me see him. I'm gonna punch him in the mouth for saying that stuff. I'm just kidding. Kinda. No, I wouldn't hit him in the mouth. Anyway, for the <laughs> I'm just making sure y'all are living. I was talking about the guy that was misquoting the Bible. I don't like that. There's a lot of things that I'll, I will ignore, but I've had people go, you know what the Bible says. And there's people that will do things, say things that I won't even correct. But man, they start misquoting scripture. I go, wait a minute. I'm not a know-it-all, but that ain't right. Don't, don't put that on Jesus. Don't put that on God. That's not my God, and that's not his word. All right? The whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You start to really get to know people when you're serving and loving and putting, putting value in them. You see value in yourself. That is amazing. Let's go on to number three now. Serving aligns your priorities. I didn't get to get into this point last week. Serving aligns your priorities. you got to have boundaries. You do. But everybody's got to serve. Let's go to Matthew 6.21. Look at this. Matthew 6.21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If your treasure is in Netflix, you'll think about Netflix all day. If you're thinking about Netflix right now, the Lord rebuke you. If you were thinking about it before I brought it up, of course you're thinking about it now. You saw, everybody saw that red N in their mind. Say, man, work starts in three and a half hours, but the next episode starts in 14, 13, 12. You know how it is. Y'all seen that meme? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What, what is your treasure? Say, man, serving at the house of the Lord. Man, that's where my treasure is, where your heart's there. Man, I, I love my family. I love my wife. Ladies, you say, man, I love my husband. I love my kids. That's your treasure, right? Say, man, I love the Word. I can't wait to get into the Word again. Did you know every day I look forward to getting into the one-year Bible? Every day. Today is January 23rd. I read the 23rd day this morning. Took some notes. Man, I've come a long way. I used to make fun of people that journaled and took notes. I don't know that it would be called journaling, but I wrote some thoughts down. And man, it's amazing what is in there for us every single day, especially when your treasure is there. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, I want you to think about that for a minute. I want it to settle in. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be, right? And you know, we've all done it. Sometimes you come to church and you're thinking about the soccer game. That's okay. You can just change the channel and just bring your mind back to church. That's part of life. Or your golf swing. I don't know if anyone in here plays golf, but, you know, whatever. Or billiards. Or backgammon. Has anyone ever played backgammon, by the way? I don't even know what, there's always a backgammon board on the uh, reverse side of some boards, but I don't know what that is. But anyway, I just thought that's, that's just free. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So in serving, you can realign your priorities. Let's go to Matthew 6.31. We're going to read a few verses. Look at what Jesus said. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Wow, and if he knows all your needs, then what? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Put God first, he'll take care of all the details. 
We've seen it in our lives. Me and my wife as a married couple, these 15, going on 15 and a half years. I've seen it growing up in a Christian home. I've seen it as a pastor here at this church. God takes care of our needs if we put him first. Someone say, put God first. Put him first. Serving will realign those priorities. Jesus healed the sick, cleansed the leper. Lepers, not leopards, okay? Healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, people with leprosy, cast out demons, talked to women. It was faux pas for men to have a conversation with women back then, and he would confront and speak to women one-on-one at times, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, different women, several times. He would address women directly, the woman with the issue of blood. He did all these things to serve. You know what else he did? He served at church. Scripture says at one point he stood up and read the Scriptures at church. Jesus served at church, so if he's not above it, I'm sure, surely not above it, right? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And don't worry, I'm not going to make you stand up and read the Scriptures at church. Many of you, I know you have a prayer life and a relationship with God, but you want to scare people, man? Man, have them get up here. Man, it was a man. It must have been a couple years ago. One of our guest speakers spoke on a Wednesday night. He got a young man out of the crowd. I kid you not. And the guy was an introvert, so he got a young man out of the crowd. Had him do an example. I could see how uncomfortable the young man was. That guy has still hasn't come back to church. No, I thought of it the other day. I know because I'm here all the time. I said, oh, my gosh. And the guest speaker is naturally an introvert, but he didn't realize that. This guy went up there. He made an example. The dude sat down. He left. He didn't hardly talk as it was. Very shy guy, real introvert. And he hasn't come back since because that freaked him out. So none of you will have to stand up and read the word today or pray out loud in front of everybody. Some can do that. Some are like, I can't do it. That's okay. We serve in different ways. Let's go again. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What does that next verse say, though? Jesus goes back on and he says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. He's saying, I got it covered. You can plan for the future, but don't worry. I've got it covered if you'll put me first. Don't worry about tomorrow. Scripture says God is not a man that he should lie. It's, scripture says he honors his promises to a thousand generations. That's thousands of years. He's never going to forget about you. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So that is number three on our list today. Serving gives and unfolds and reveals purpose and value and priorities. Someone say priorities. priorities. And did you know that serving brings, look at point four today. Serving brings change it might be point three okay purpose value priorities and change i think change is four but serving brings change how why faith without works is dead did you know you can't live out your light if you're not doing anything for god let's go to luke 3 7 and you may serve where nobody sees you that's fine you that is fine but look at how jesus presents it this is powerful this (laughs) This is in, this is, well, this is, right here is John the Baptist, and look at what he starts by saying. Look at what he says. 
When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, you brood of snakes. <laughs> I've never called anyone that in a service, I promise. You brood of snakes, who warns you to flee the coming wrath? He's, he's starting off tough here, but he's going somewhere. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. That's good news, right? Prove by the way you live that you repented and you've turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, speaking to the Jewish people. We're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. He's dealing with them where they are. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. In other words, regardless of birth order, regardless of birth legacy, if you don't serve God, God deals with it at the root of the problem. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit, one way to produce good fruit is to serve, is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Different ways of producing fruit. All right. The crowds ask, what should we do? Someone say, great question. That's a great question. Well, what should we do? He called them a brood of snakes and all this stuff. Well, what do we got to do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Isn't that powerful? He's saying if you have more than enough, give something away. You can take it to a thrift store you can give it to a neighbor man my wife and i love giving we don't play a trumpet every time we give but man even secretly we'd love to give why would i even bring it up to you god will always reward us and our reward is in heaven because i need to be an, a good example to you in that area i will never ask you to do something that i'm not willing to do say y'all be sure and give but i don't know if i'm going to give no we give tithes offering first fruits and we give we give of of, of time we give of food usually I'm just the food delivery guy my wife cooks I, she may go baby how does that taste this is how I serve I go mmm tastes perfect send it out it's perfect to go now if you have two shirts John said I said Jesus earlier I meant John the Baptist you have two shirts John said give one to the poor how many of you got more than two shirts in here I ain't even seen all y'all's closets, but I bet. How many of you got more than three pairs of shoes? Raise your hand. Let's be real. I'm not going to tell on you. Some of you are like, man, I got 48. I got, I got 52, one for every week of the year. Okay. All I'm getting from this verse is if you have enough for yourself already, you can give something away. And sometimes God will even have you give in your need. I've, I've had people, they were going short on shoes or pants or whatever they needed, and they gave something away knowing that God would provide, and he told them to give because someone needed it more than them. He said, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. How many of you starved all week and didn't eat a meal all week, not one meal? Okay, thank you. I'm not even going to dwell on that long. So you have plenty of food. There's always something you can give away, even if it's two oranges you're not going to eat at the house. You ever done that? There's always someone that said, man, I'll take that. I'll eat it right now. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. So here's what I'm seeing. In, in serving, it brings change because of the humility and doing something you've never done. You have to step out of your area, and we called it, remember in the 2000s, we called it your comfort zone. Step out of the area where you're most comfortable and do something that you haven't done before and make it a good habit. That's giving. That's serving. Man, and it brings change in your life. Pastor told me in December, and it, it shook me when he said it. He said, did you know why a lot of people don't ever change? He said, they never serve. They just expect to be served. 
If you haven't served someone lately and all you're wanting to be is served, I need to tell you this right now. That is very unhealthy. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be condemning. I say this in love. I say it from a place of total humility because I've had seasons in my life, especially when I was younger, where all I thought about was me. But you got to get past me, number one, like that country song. Remember? Want to talk about me? I know what he meant. But at some point, we got to be concerned with others and look to their needs, help them carry their burdens, serve them, do something, something out of the box, something new and different and fresh. Say, man, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Well, you can do it as long as it's legal and moral. You can step out of the box, step out of your comfort room, and say, I'm going to help somehow. There's so many ways to do it, even here at church, and it starts here, I'm telling you. I know you serve at home. Moms, I know y'all are great servant-hearted people. Y'all serve your kids at home. My goodness, dads, y'all are doing a great job. But there's other ways to serve, even outside of the home. Why? Why is that so important? Because you can let your light shine for the whole world to see it. Jesus said that. Jesus said, do good work so the so that your light will shine and the people around you will see it. You don't do it so you receive glory. You do it so that God receives glory. So in serving, you find what? Let's go through the points again today. Number one, purpose. Someone say purpose. Purpose, very good. Number two, say value. Yeah, you value yourself more. You have more self-worth. And you start to value others. See what they mean to God and to others. We get to know them. How about priorities? Yeah. Your priorities get aligned. Someone say priorities. And number four, just briefly, let me just, let me harp on this one a little bit longer, is change. Someone say change. I don't think anyone in this room, if they're honest with themselves, would say, Pastor Matt, I have arrived. I am completely Christ-like. If you did, man, we need to have a prayer meeting, right? Say, no, I'm arrived. I'm Christ-like. No, you can become... Or completely Christ-like. You can be Christ-like and still make mistakes. You can. I'm not saying you are exactly like Jesus and you're perfect. We've already dealt with that. We know we're, we're flawed from the start. But you can become more and more Christ-like. It means you have less and less to do with certain sins. Some sins you've just outgrown. You're just not going to do them anymore. I can speak from experience. Some things, they, they get to the point where they're not even tempting to do anymore. Because you're done with it. You've died to it. And that's where change comes in. Change one of the vehicles for change in your life, if you'll hear the voice of the Lord today and hear his word, is serving. Get out of your apartment, get out of your house and do something for God. Really. It's time to serve. And one of the ways we serve, and I feel like this is one of the great purposes of our life, giving and serving go together. Okay? So be thinking about what you're going to give this next weekend. First Fruits Conference, uh, Angel Madera is going to speak about that this Wednesday as well. You say it's, it's, we call it first things first in the English. What is that? Why is that so important? Because you've got to learn to give so that what? Number one, you're not overcome with greed for your money. Did you know when you give, you overcome greed? Humans are naturally greedy. Even the best of us, man, they say, man, well, if I give that, I won't have any. No, he says, Scripture says, give and it shall be given unto you. So one of the ways you can serve as well is to give. And so we got the First Roots Conference coming up um, this, this next weekend. Someone say Friday, Friday. Saturday, Saturday. Sunday. Sunday. Show up. Really, show up. Do your best to come all three if you can. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Man, the church invests a lot of time and money and energy into bringing people, flying them over here from around the country so that you can be blessed.
so that you can receive a word from God. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today, if you would, please. I want to pray with you first. I realize that just about everyone in here has probably made Jesus their Lord and Savior. But for those on the live stream and just making sure, those in the house, anyone at the sound of my voice who may ever listen to this recording, either now or five years from now, if you don't know where you're headed when you die, you say, man, if I passed away now or in 10 years or 20 or 30 years and I'm not sure where I would go, where I would spend eternity, you need to talk to God about that today. And if you say, I've never confessed Jesus and made him my Lord, ever, never, in a public setting, now's your time. You can't really serve with pure heart and with pure motives unless you get first things first, like the name of our conference. And that is, you've got to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. So if you say, Pastor Matt, I just really want to put God first. I want to make Jesus my Lord today my Savior, confess Him. Would you raise your hand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. God bless you. This is public. This is, you are saved. We're going to make sure of it. And once you've done it, it's done, and God is with you, and He will keep His promises to you. Everyone in this house with a strong voice, say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe. Say, I believe your word. I can't live without you. Cleanse me of my sin. Say, forgive me. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. He shed his blood on that cross for me so I could be saved from hell and from my sin and from my past. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. Thank you. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for the salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me if you would this morning. Something I really have liked to do in recent months, the last six months maybe, is get you to look at me after we've prayed that prayer because first things first. But God is working in everybody's heart, whether you've accepted Jesus before or not, and I believe everyone has in this room. God's working in your heart. Scripture says both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You want to find out what God's good pleasure is, then you get into His Word. Number one, you get around people who are in His Word. You serve. You want to find more and more of God's will in your life? Start to serve, remember? Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You put God first, He'll take care of all the details. We need that, don't we? Go ahead and raise your hand today with me. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Thank you, Father, for hope. Thank you, Lord, for righteousness that we have in the name of Jesus and through his blood and by faith. Thank you for your grace, which empowers us to live right and receive your favor, Lord God. And I thank you today that you are with your people in this house. You will see it. Some of you have been waiting on an answer from God, and you're going to see through this First Fruits Conference and everything else as you give, even financial miracles you thought were impossible, you will see it in the next six months. Mark my words, and you're going to tell me about it. Go ahead. Mark my word. You will see it in six months. You give to God and put Him first. There's nobody trying to hustle you for money. God wants you to be blessed. And the way you get blessed is to give to God and to His kingdom and to serve. And Lord, we thank you today that your people love you. 
They're examples. And Lord, they wouldn't be here unless they wanted to hear from you. And I honor you for that. And I thank you for the great privilege it is to speak before these amazing people, your sons, your daughters. I thank you today. Let your word fall on good ground and let them apply it. In Jesus' name, someone said.